going to read, please, from Isaiah chapter 50. Some verses from the prophet Isaiah chapter 50. And then some verses from Mark's gospel, chapter 10. So first of all, here we are, Isaiah chapter 50. And the speaker here is the Lord Jesus. This is a messianic chapter. And um, if you can just picture the Savior speaking these words. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifieth me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Then over to Mark chapter 10, verse 32. Mark's gospel, of course, was written for Gentiles. We would fall into that bracket. So this this lovely gospel of Mark uh, is geared toward Gentiles. And Mark chapter 10, we begin to read at verse 32. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him. And shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. I would like us tonight to start a journey in the scriptures. It's a series that I'd like us to begin. And it's a series that deals with uh, the road to Calvary. It's a journey that the Lord Jesus made 2,000 years ago. And I know that Christmas is only over. We're just past Christmas and uh, you'll, you'll all be glad to know that the Easter eggs are available now. Um, many eggs, I think, were available before the end of the year. And uh, now you can get the big chocolate eggs in the box with the bags of sweets inside them and all the rest of it and bars of chocolate. But I tell you, folks, Easter will soon come round. And it's on the 17th of April. And it'll not be too long until it's upon us. Uh, because time seems to go quickly, doesn't it? And the older you get, the faster it seems to go. But we want to begin a journey with the Saviour tonight as we chart his journey to the cross. 
And it might take to Easter, we might just keep the series going until Easter, or we might keep it going longer because there's so much in it. And who knows, maybe we'll spend the whole year ahead, 2022, uh, walking with the Saviour along the Calvary Road. This journey that the Lord Jesus made for us so that we might be redeemed, this journey to Jerusalem, to Gethsemane, to Gabbatha, to Golgotha, this journey is, um, is like walking into the tabernacle. The tabernacle in the Old Testament is a lovely study. And uh, I've uh, covered it before. Of course, we've been through it on the Thursday night. Uh, I don't know, maybe we'll come back to it again sometime, but it's a wonderful study. But it's as, if, it's as if the Lord Jesus is in the tabernacle. There were three parts to the tabernacle. You, you had the outer court, which was in the open air. There was no roof on it. It was the out, out, outside of the tabernacle, as it were, sort of the outer limits of the tabernacle. And that's, of course, where the altar was, where the animals were brought and they were slaughtered and their blood was shed. The outer court. And then you move into the holy place, which was covered. And that's where the priests were employed. And that's where they worked. And there was the table with the showbread. And they had the altar of incense. And there was the menorah, the lampstand. And that was known as the holy place. So that was the second part, the second area of the tabernacle. But then you moved into the Holy of Holies, or, well, I say you moved into it only if you were the high priest, because he was the only person who was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And he went in there on the Day of Atonement. We referred to it this morning. And he went in with the blood, and he dare not go in without the blood. And every year on that great day, he went in with the blood of a goat. And of course, he'd come out and then he would lay his hands on the scapegoat, as it was known. And it would be taken away by a fit man, uh, a man who would lead it away into, we would say, the back of, back of nowhere, way out in the wilderness and let the goat go free. And it was never, ever seen again. The sins of the people were carried away. Of course, that's a great picture of what the Lord Jesus has done for us. He has carried our sins away, far away from us, as far as the east is from the west. So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So as we start this journey, keep in mind that it's like the Lord Jesus in the outer court. And as we make our way through the study, through the series, and we'll, we'll come to Easter. And maybe th as we journey through the year, we'll move with him from the outer court into the holy place. As he gets closer to the cross, and then into the holy of holies, as he reaches Calvary, and as he cries, it is finished, and completes the great work of redemption and rises again from the dead, will be in the Holy of Holies with him. So this is the journey 
that I'd like us to begin tonight. Numbers may be up and down. That's the way it is at the minute, folks, isn't it? It's the world we're living in at the present time. You just don't know who'll be here and who'll not be here. But we trust the Lord will be merciful to us and I trust that we'll be able to be here as often as possible as we walk the Calvary Road with the Lord Jesus. We've read tonight from Mark chapter 10 of an announcement. The Lord Jesus announces to his disciples that he's going to the cross. If you look there at Mark chapter 10 and verse 33, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. That was quite an announcement to make. You know how it is in a lot of churches, I'm not saying this church because you pay attention well, but you find it in a lot of churches whenever the announcements are being given that people kind of switch off. And you might get the odd person who even nods off. But I can tell you when Jesus made this announcement to his disciples on the Calvary Road, the Jerusalem Road, there's nobody was switching off, nobody was nodding off. Because this really, we would say this gunked them. Have you ever heard that word? They got a gunk when they heard these words from the lips of the Savior, the one they loved. The one that they had spent the past three years with. Now he's telling them that he's going to be killed. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die. He actually made this announcement four times. Four times he told them that he was going to die. First time was at Caesarea Philippi. Remember Peter said... Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Second time is at the Transfiguration. They'd been up the mountain, Peter, James, and John with Jesus, and Moses and Elijah joined them. The Lord was transfigured and his glory shone out. And then coming down the mountain, he told them again, Listen, men, I'm going to the cross. And then there was two more times. We have read this in Mark chapter 10. This is the third time that he tells them. He announces that he's going to lay down his life at Jerusalem. And then the final one is still in Mark chapter 10 in verse 45. And by the way, this is the key verse in Mark's gospel. This is the key text. Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And there the Lord Jesus, he tells us that he came first of all to serve, to give his life in service. And then he says he came to give his life in sacrifice. He was going to give his life as a ransom for many. So there you have it, four times he makes this announcement. And this announcement 
forms the beginning of this journey to the cross. The Lord Jesus seemed to become more intense the closer he got to Calvary. His steps seemed to quicken the closer he got to the cross. It's a bit like the Niagara Falls. I've never been to Canada to the Niagara Falls. But apparently the Niagara River, the closer it gets to the falls, the faster the water becomes. That's the way it is with the Lord Jesus here. The closer he gets to Calvary, the faster his steps become, as it were. You see, dear friends, the wonder of this journey to the cross is that the Lord Jesus did it voluntarily. I want you to, to get that tonight. Latch on to it. He chose to go to the cross. Here he is, and he's telling the disciples four different times, announcing four different times that he's going to be crucified at Golgotha. So he knows all about it. Our brother Wells referred in his opening prayer there to the one who holds the future. The Lord Jesus knows the future. And he knew his own personal future here as he journeyed to Calvary. He knew exactly what was going to happen to him when he reached Jerusalem. It was like a den of lions, we could say. We talk about Daniel in the den of lions in the Old Testament. The Lord Jesus went into a den of lions when he went to Jerusalem to die for your sins and my sins. And he knows every last detail of what's going to happen to him. But yet he chooses to go ahead with it. You see, the Lord Jesus didn't tell his disciples, Oh, uh, there's people in Jerusalem who hate me. Uh, They're planning to kill me. So, boys, we need to try to avoid this. We need to try to uh, find a way of escape. No, the Lord Jesus didn't try to avoid the cross. He didn't try to escape it. But rather he went willingly and suffered there for us. Isn't he a wonderful saviour? That he would willingly go to Jerusalem. All the while knowing what he would have to endure. Of course his journey to the cross was a fulfilment of prophecy. We've read tonight from Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 7. I want you to notice what the Savior, it's, I know it's Isaiah who, who's doing the writing. His pen is being guided by the Holy Spirit. But it's really the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who is the speaker. Isaiah 50 and 7. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. The Lord Jesus started along the Calvary Road, our wonderful suffering Savior. He begins this journey to the cross, and he says that his face is like a flint. In other words, his face is determined. He's determined to go to the cross, 
to die for sinners in new buildings and in Drumahoe and in Donamana and Macramason and Brady and wherever. He sets his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. Now what's all this talk about a flint? Well, it's interesting when you get into it and you study it and if you have a concordance or you use your phone and you can there's a number of different apps on your phone bible apps and you can you can look up the different references to flint in the bible and the first references i want to draw your attention to there in the old testament they they tell us that water came out of the flint if you'll turn with me to deuteronomy chapter 8 deuteronomy chapter 8 This is a wonderful book, by the way. It's uh, a book that the Lord Jesus would have learned off by heart as a boy. Deuteronomy. And in chapter 8, and verse 15, notice what it says about the flint. Who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions, and drought where there was no water, Now notice this. Who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint? Water out of the rock of flint. Picture the scene. The Israelites are journeying journeying through the wilderness from Egypt to Canaan. There's no water. Not a drop anywhere. But the Lord provides water. He brings water out of, out of the flint. Of course, there's a lesson for us as we begin the journey through 2022 that the Lord will provide for us. He'll provide everything that we need. All we need to say at the start, all we need to do at the start of this year is say, Lord, what do you want me to do this year? I want to do your will. Lord, I want to do your will so that I'm not in your way. I want to be in your will, not in your way, Lord. Really, folks, we're in one of those two categories. Either we're in the Lord's will or we're in the Lord's way. It's one or the other. May we all be in the Lord's will this incoming year. And I tell you, if we... If we ask the Lord for help to do his will, I tell you he'll provide everything we need to do his will. So don't you worry about the year ahead. In fact, don't you worry about the week ahead. Don't you even worry about tomorrow the Lord will provide. But here's the the Jews there as the Lord has brought them out by the blood of the Lamb and they're in the wilderness and their tongues are parched. And then the Lord provides the water from the flint. What did Jesus say in Isaiah 50? Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And you join the dots and you you discover that living water flows from Christ. The water of life flows from him. A lot of people are at the broken cisterns. Trying every sinful pleasure of the day. One of the biggest is pornography. Boy, that's a taboo subject today. I tell you, it's a big problem in society. And 
You better believe it. It's a big problem in evangelical churches. The people are drinking at the broken cisterns. But what, what they need to do is to turn away from, all, from the broken cisterns and turn to the Lord Jesus and drink from him, from the wells of salvation, from the flint. Because that's where the water comes from. And there was a great day. It was the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, John seven thirty seven, And Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. There are a lot of dear souls and they come to Christ and maybe they've been delivered, they've been saved from a life of drunkenness or drug addiction or whatever. And the old devil comes to them and tempts them to go back and the, he sort of, you know, he holds the bottle in front of them or the, the, the heroin or whatever. But you know what those new converts need to do is to go to Jesus and to his word and drink from him and drink as much living water as they possibly can. Song of Solomon tells us, drink abundantly, O beloved. Drink abundantly. That's what we can do. And it's when we go to Christ that we, that we find the water. Psalm 114, verse 8. Look at that. Psalm 114, verse 8. more of a Bible study tonight but there's no harm in that Psalm 114 verse 8 which turned the rock into a standing water the flint into a fountain of waters there's the flint again and it's not just water that comes out the psalmist says but it's, it's a fountain of waters isn't it wonderful to know that that we can come to that fountain of waters tonight. And it's found in the Lord Jesus. And we can drink from it. And if you bump into somebody tonight on your way home or tomorrow. Or whenever. And you can tell them that they, can, they, they too can go and drink from Christ. He'll give them living water. Water that will satisfy their souls. There, there's water from the flint. Jesus says, Therefore have I set my face like a flint. I'm going to Jerusalem. I love those souls in new buildings, and I'm at all costs, I'm going to go to the holy city and I'm going to die for them so that in 2022 they can enjoy my salvation and tell others about it. And I want to bring many sons to glory and I'm going to go to the cross in order that that can happen. What about this? There's not only water from the flint, but the Bible tells us that oil came from the flint. The oil, we're back to Deuteronomy now. Deuteronomy chapter 32 this time. Deuteronomy 32. And verse 13 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy, verse 13. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields, 
And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. There you have it. The Lord provides water for his people from the flint, but now he provides oil, oil out of the flinty rock. The oil comes from the rock. I want to tell you, friends, that the oil of the Spirit comes from the rock, Christ Jesus. That's where the Spirit comes from. Remember on the day of Pentecost that Peter preached the sermon and he said to the people in Jerusalem, he said, Jesus of Nazareth has shed forth this. He shed forth the Holy Spirit. These men are not drunk. I'm not drunk. We're not drunk with new wine. No, this is the oil of the Spirit and Jesus is pouring it out. The oil comes from the flint. The oil comes from Christ. Don't we need the oil in 2022? If we don't have the oil of the Spirit, the golden oil of the Spirit, then we'd be far better locking the doors tonight and not bother ever coming back again. But we need the oil. And we need... That, that oil to anoint us as we serve the Lord. And this anointing isn't just for the pastor, it's for every Christian in the congregation. Because we've all got a work to do. My goodness, if it was down to Sunday services, sure would anybody ever be saved? That's the way it is at the moment. Seems to be that the souls are being saved out there as the Lord's people witness from day to day. And as they rub shoulders with the unconverted and where the rubber hits the road in the nitty-gritty of life, speaking of Christ, souls are being drawn to the Savior. Souls are being influenced to Christ. We all need the oil. The oil comes from the flint. Jesus says, Therefore have I set my face like a flint. I'm determined, in spite of all the opposition and the adversity and all the hatred and bile, I'm going to go to Jerusalem to shed my blood, to die and to rise again, to provide salvation for guilty sinners, hell-deserving, undeserving sinners. And the oil comes from him. No Jesus, no Holy Spirit. You get a lot of charismatic churches and all the happy clappy stuff and all the weird and the wacky stuff. And it's all about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus hardly ever gets a mention. But you start with Jesus and the Holy Spirit came to glorify the Savior. And without Jesus, there's no Holy Spirit, there's no oil. But then there's something else that comes from the flint. Do you know that flint can start a fire? You see, whenever flint comes in contact with steel, let's say that you're, you're, you're trying to, you're hammering at flint and you're using a steel tool or a steel implement. When the steel comes in contact with the flint, then you get sparks and those sparks can start a fire. 
Do you know that in Luke chapter 12 and verse 49, the Lord Jesus said that he had come to start a fire? If you don't believe me, turn with me to it. Luke 12, 49. If you do believe me, turn anyway. Luke 12, 49. I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it, if it be already kindled? The fire that the Lord Jesus is referring to here is the fire of the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist said the Lord Jesus was going to baptize the people with fire, with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In other words, with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that what we need today at the start of this year? I mean, only the Lord knows the opposition that we're going to face this year. And only the Lord knows the attacks of the enemy that we're going to face this year. I tell you, if, we, if ever we needed Holy Ghost fire, we need it this year. Leonard Ravenhill said, if the church doesn't get Holy Ghost fire, the world's going to go to hellfire. We don't want anybody to go to hellfire. We need Holy Ghost fire. Ah, oh, we need the fire from heaven. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Let the fire from heaven fall. The flint produces the sparks that produce the fire. And here we have our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus. And he's setting out now to Jerusalem, beginning this journey, the Calvary Road, we could call it. And he says, therefore, have I set my face like a flint. With this thought I finish tonight, we need to do the same. We need faces like the Savior. We need faces like flint. And let that be our motto this incoming year. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. Each one of us who profess the name of Christ, whatever his will is and whatever his work is for us, this incoming year may we set our faces like a flint to do it. And when people try to stop us from doing it, whoever they be, then we've got to say, no, I'm going to set my face like a flint to do God's will and to do God's work. And then we will be like our master, the one who went to dark Calvary for us. In our closing hymn, one of the verses says, Oh, the old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. You want to be Christ-like 2022? You've got to set your face like a flint.
Flint's hard. Flint's one of the hardest rocks you'll find. Very few rocks that are harder than it. That's the kind of faith, spiritually speaking, that we need this year ahead. Faces like the face of Christ. Well, let's have that lovely old hymn, 186, as we finish. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. 186 and we're standing to sing. Mm -hmm.